not even gonna give me time to uh <laughs> prep or nothing she said now nah, we recording off top <laughs> we have to because you already know like this this conversation in and of itself is automatically going to be a different caliber of conversation because of who you are who you are to me and truth be told who you are to this podcast like everybody who's listened to this podcast everybody who's been interviewed to be a guest on this podcast knows that i always tell the story the origin story of this podcast which is I was at a time in my life where I was spending a lot of time in my car and one particular day, one particular friend of mine said, say friend, you know, there's this app and you can record a, a podcast from anywhere. You don't need a studio. You don't need a special microphone. You can just use your phone. And that was literally like the, the origin of what has become a podcast and has been podcasting for a couple of years now. So Yes, this is, it's kind of a big deal. You know what I mean? It's kind of a big deal that I get to be able to have you as a guest here. And so, yeah, so yes, off top, we're recording everything. You know what I'm saying? Just, I can't, I'm not trying to leave anything out. I don't want anything to be forgotten. And plus it gives me a lot to work with when it comes to editing, so. so really? No pressure. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure, no pressure, no pressure. Um, but yes, I want to get, started and just dive right in and give you the, the floor, the stage, the mic, the camera, and introduce yourself to the listeners. And by doing so, I'd like you to share your name, where you're from, and what you stand for. Well, my name is Alexandra. No, I, and I'm originally from Los Angeles, but I have lived in Texas for 13 years now, which blows my mind a little bit every time I say it. <laughs> and I stand for helping people to self-actualize and become their most authentic selves. And that includes me. Mm. Now, how long does someone need to be away from their place of origin and still be able to claim it as the place where they're from? Is there a limit on that? I mean, the way words work, you'll always be from there. Uh, if you still represent there may shift, I suppose, particularly if you relocated when you were young. Um, so like how, how deeply into, how, how deep, <laughs> how deeply you had gotten into the formation of self may be a determining factor. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. I have a sister who was born in Utah and oh. she's the only one of us who wasn't born in California. And she lived there until the age of two, almost three. So I would say, you know, while she technically originated in Utah, she's from Southern California. <laughs> Absolutely. That's truly a technicality. And I mean, even if you want to like play with language and things like that. For example, if I had been born in Russia, that could make me Russian, but no one would ever believe that. <laughs> so, you know. My question, it like, I, 
I don't know. I don't know. So like, like you said, the way words work, asking someone the question, you know, where are you from? I feel like we get that a lot, you know, when you're introducing yourself or when you're stepping into new spaces, because I think that your, you know, place of origin tends to lend itself to your identity, the things that you believe in, the things that are important to you. Like if we meet someone who says, you know, I'm from Greenbow, Alabama, we might have certain thoughts about their political views, their spiritual practices, their culture. However, just being from there doesn't mean that they are of that necessarily. You can kind of like move through it, I think. And so when people in Texas hear that you're from LA, what are some of the most common responses that you get? Uh, honestly, probably the most common response I get is, oh, well, yeah, I could tell you weren't from here. <laughs> I get that a lot. Um, even from the very beginning. And I wanna say in the past week or so, someone said, oh, you know, you you still sound like a Californian too. And again, I was, I was an adult when I moved out here. Right. Uh, it was like an individual move, not a family move. So um, in my mind, you know, my accent was pretty much set. My mindset was pretty much set. Of course, I've grown and evolved, but as far as I can tell, I still sound the same as far as like accent goes. Now I may sound a little different in terms of mindset, but yeah, I mean, you know, I'm still Cali through and through, I, I think. <laughs> I think so too. I mean, I, you know, I always wondered about um, back in the day when Madonna spent some time in the UK that she all of a sudden had a British accent, even though she's from New York or P Philadelphia or wherever she's from. Sorry, Madonna, I don't know where you Oh, she's from Michigan, girl. She oh, even, <laughs> Michigan even, my even better. So there's that, okay? So how she became British after spending three or four years in the UK, I don't know. Um, but nonetheless, uh, before the podcast, I started doing this new thing this year where I send all my guests this questionnaire. And in the questionnaire, there's some questions that I kind of already know the answers to, but then there's also some questions that I'm like, oh, I get to learn something. So what I thought was interesting is that when you think about describing yourself in you know one to, to three sentences, I like that you gave us what I consider to be almost a tagline. Do you remember what you said? You know, and I was a part of me I looked it up earlier and I started to try to be slick right now. Like, oh wait, let me try to pull that up. But you got to it more quickly than I could. And what was interesting too, as I was filling out the questionnaire, I know a lot of people have set, um, you know, bios or just like a script that they typically pull from when they are asked those questions. And even when people ask me for business advice, I would recommend that they do that. <laughs> However, at this point, I haven't done that and I haven't been doing that. So sometimes when I get these questions, I'll be kind of speaking from where I am in that moment, which makes it no less authentic. It's just um, not pre-planned. <laughs> so that is why I can't remember what it was. But even after I wrote it, I was like, oh, that feels right. It was good. So I will share. So I asked, you know, the question, tell me a little bit about yourself in one to three sentences. And your response was, I think, I feel, I talk. What I found to be clever was that you use the lowercase I almost like a nod to Apple, but you know, there's that. And, 
occasionally right as a result of this feeling and this thinking and this talking. And I thought that was pretty profound because a lot of times when we think about telling someone about ourselves in one to three sentences, kind of like what you said, we think of how can I mention all of my accolades, all of my intellect, all of the things that give me, you know, authority to speak on X, Y, Z so that I can sound amazing. But I like that you really just gave me what I consider to be a tagline, which is very telling. Because when you identify yourself as someone who feels as well as someone who thinks and speaks and then writes from those spaces, I think that tells people a lot about who you are. And when you look at how you show up in the world and what you stand for as being a guide for other people, I would want a guide who is a feeling and thinking person, not just one or the other. Yeah, I love that response. That was pretty good. So you did good. Your past self took care of your future self with your response, which I appreciate. Go me. <laughs> Go you. Exactly. Go you. So when I think about what also makes this conversation unique is because we've known each other for over 15 years, you know, because each time I think about it, I'm like, I've known Alexandra for about 15 years. Then like another year goes by and I'm like, okay, it's more, it's more than that. Cause, because we are getting older, I guess that's also happening. Sure are. Have birthdays coming up in the whole (laughs) Exactly. So with that being said, before the podcast, I asked what's something about you that most people don't know. And your (laughs) response again, I was like, did I know this? Or am I just being reminded of this? Can you tell us what that is? I definitely can. And I think this surprises people for a lot of reasons. Um, So the kind of tidbit is that I am ordained uh, and I did that because I wanted to be able to perform weddings for loved ones, uh, particularly queer folks, because finding someone who respects and understands and just honors that union, particularly if you are black or brown or otherwise, you know, a person of color, Um, it can be challenging. And so I did want to be able to do that. And the reason most people would find that so shocking is that I've never self-identified as Christian. And as a matter of fact, I identify as Buddhist. So (laughs) very counterintuitive. But for people like yourself who do know me and know my heart, it makes sense that I would want to provide that sort of safe space for people. Agreed. Agreed. And it stood out to me because exactly what you said, it's knowing your heart, knowing who you are, knowing what you really stand for. It's actually amazing because so few, particularly queer folks who do decide to get married are churchgoers necessarily, or a part of any type of organized religious entity that could give someone authority to ordain or facilitate, you know, their marriage. And they kind of end up going to the courthouse or maybe they ask a friend or something like that. So now I was like, I have a friend. Ha ha. I have my own personal online to someone who can ordain things. Right. And the challenge is that because I've kept it so close to the vest, a friend who got married mm, a couple of months ago did not know. And, you know, in hindsight, they, and also I kind of wished they had known, but, you know, 
self-disclosure is also a work in progress. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I know you mentioned birthday coming mm-hmm. up and I know we are officially in Gemini season. And what I also, again, I'm telling you these questionnaires, I'll be learning things about people that I did not know, or I'm just reminded of things. So another question I like to ask is, you know, what's your sun, moon and rising sign and you being my abundantly intellectual friend share <laughs> not only your Western astrology, but also your Vedic astrology, which I found to be kind of interesting. I noticed that you are a Gemini mm-hmm. sun. And your moon is in Sagittarius. My moon is in Sagittarius. Yes. So, uh, some of the mutual apps that we use, let me, they're like, oh yeah, you and Keyshot are quite a bit alike. <laughs> quite, quite similar <laughs> in several ways. And I also saw the Scorpio and the Taurus, you know, in your Vedic chart. So now that it's Gemini season and people are thinking Gemini and they're feeling Gemini energy, what would you say is one of the biggest misconceptions about Geminis? Uh, well, I guess this is probably a misconception about all signs truly. And that is that, you know, everyone falls neatly into the box of whatever that sign is, but because there are so many, not just aspects of our chart, but also, you know, the nature versus nurture argument. So people's life experience also is a huge determinant of who they are. Mm -hmm. Uh, so people like to flippantly refer to Gemini's as having split personalities and, and things like that. But everyone has duality. Everyone has multiple layers. Everyone can be in a good more good mood in the morning and a bad mood in the afternoon. So that I, I would say that's not inherently a Gemini thing. Um, and Furthermore, Geminis are not the only dual sign. <laughs> so, well, right? Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Right. Right. No, I, I, I can say that uh, there was a time in my life where I did subscribe to the anti-Gemini camp because of you know personal romantic experiences that did not unfold the way that I would have liked them to. Mm-hmm. However, like you mentioned, I think that we as people experience duality and I think specifically as black people and then you add the other layer of being female and add the other layer of even identifying as queer the intersectionality that exists within us also kind of lends to duality or multiality I don't I think I just made that word up but nonetheless we you know well and then furthermore you know if you add the additional layers of um being black in America, right? So there's code switching because of that as well. Um, You know, if you happen to identify as a woman or basically if you identify as anything other than a man, you often have to switch gears because of that as well. Um, You have to figure out when to be more assertive versus when to be more delicate. Even thinking about work communications, there are so many times I can think of where I communicated in the same way that my male colleagues did, but because I am a woman, I am black, I am young in the face, people did not receive those communications positively. Mm -hmm. So 
you know, it's just always that like how to move. And so that can be, again, based on your uh, physicality, that can be based on your personality, that can be based on your, you know, astrology, just so many factors come into play. Agreed, agreed. And like you said, I think anyone who is not a white man is considered other and therefore, you know, assumed not to have the, I guess, permission or even privilege of expressing themselves in certain ways or showing up in certain ways or even elements of their personality have to be suppressed in order to be accepted or included in certain spaces. And it's interesting to me when I think about the fact that there's, I believe there's more of us others than there are of them, but yet somehow they're still the majority, but nonetheless, or they get, they get, they get all the props or whatever. They get oh yes, the we're called the minority. Right, even though there's more of us. Yes, statistically, mathematically, logistically, that is an inaccurate statement. Yeah, also it kind of just lends itself to like the delusion <laughs> that exists within that percentage of people. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> with that being said, I know that you are a creative. And I know that you also have a full-time job or a day job. Do you find yourself having any difficulty continuing to create while maintaining this full-time career? Several years ago, I made a conscious decision to step away from, I won't say my creative side, but from a significant aspect of my creative side, um, I self-identify as the writer as a whole, but I found myself deeply in the specific niche of poetry, uh, particularly performed poetry, some people call it spoken word. But of course, now that term is, has, you know, gotten tainted a little bit. Uh, and so when I made the decision to step away from that, and it was largely because of a lot of the social aspects of it, um, because I personally can be a very black and white, cut and dry, you know, there's, there's no in-between person. It resulted in me um, t- taking a hiatus from being creative as well. Uh, I happen to be a person, like I'm the type of person when I was in school, and I mean, technically I'm still in school. That's another conversation. But I'm the type of person, like I loved English, but I also loved math. So, and that still kind of summarizes who I, I am. I have a degree in logic by definition, it's in philosophy. Um, But because I am a creative, I'm a creative thinker. So that allows me to find creative solutions to some of these, you know, logistical issues, which serves me well professionally. Um, Severing ties with that social circle meant starting over in a lot of ways and So even relearning how to make friends outside of those contexts um, and also reacquainting myself with myself, Mm -hmm. uh, particularly given at that time I was early transitioning into mid thirties. 
And I had also moved into a new city just across town, but the, the town that I moved from is very culturally different from the town I moved to. So that was an adjustment as well. They're both cities, not towns, even though one claims to be a town, also another conversation. Um, so it's really in the past year that I have been reestablishing what being a creative means for me. Um, and I'll pause there. I won't jump ahead. <laughs> okay. I love my friend. She's like, oh, you know where I can go with this. So I'm going to give you your chance. <laughs> oh, no, I appreciate that because I think that oftentimes creatives feel like being able to participate wholeheartedly in both their creative work and maybe their I won't say non-creative work, but they're the, the other work that they do because some people do have the, the privilege of their creative work being their profession, you know, so that they don't have to necessarily divide themselves or divide the time between the two. And sometimes people have jobs that are, you know, crushing their creativity because they're stressful or they're, you know, they consume all their time. So the idea of trying to carve out time to be creative doesn't necessarily show up for people the way that they would like it to. So taking a hiatus from the performative aspect of your creativity, you know, served its purpose for the time that it did. However, recently, speaking of this upcoming birthday, I noticed that you launched a exciting creative project that I would like you to tell me a little bit more about. I am happy to. So I, as part of the exercise of placing less pressure on myself, I cannot speak to, you know, what will this turn into? What will this be? What's coming? You know, mm -hmm. the immediate project, the task at hand <laughs> is that I have been doing a 40 Okay, it's a 40 and 40 exercise. So it's 40 reflections in audio form that are being recorded in the 40 days leading up to my 40th birthday. <laughs> so I guess technically it's a 40 and 40 and 40. <laughs> uh, the overall, it's the podcast is called uh, Two Score and Years to Go. Because um, I'm a nerd. Uh, so clever, so clever, I love it. <laughs> not necessarily giving like props to the person who is the main reason that people in this day and age know that score means 20, but um, words are fun. So <laughs> two score and years to go, because uh, of course I don't know how my story will play out, but I like to think that I have years to go. And again, the immediate project is this 40 and 40 series. At this point, it might even be limited release where after the 40 days are up and I'm in my 40s, it might not be freely available. So if a person is curious, they should probably try to start checking it out now. <laughs> I would strongly encourage you to. What I like about two score and years to go one it's just a, the clever title like I when I clicked on it I was like that's my friend being clever okay y'all don't know what a score is look it up she just told you do the math 
listening to the episodes, you know, I'm a podcast listener, much like yourself. And some podcasts are, you know, each podcast has its own format. Some are conversational, some are more informational, some are, you know, brief, some are long, some are, you know, uh, seasonal, others have specific themes that they follow. And then what I like about your podcast in particular is the reflective aspect of it. It's like being able to listen to you having what might otherwise be internal dialogue shared externally. And then it offers the listener an opportunity to have a similar reflection on their own. So for those who have not listened, each episode gives you a reflecting a reflective question to consider at the end and some of the episodes I listened to while I was in the car and I was like dang I, I mean I, I gotta pull over and think about this hold on now let me consider that you know and you're so transparent and vulnerable with your own experiences and also really responsible when you give the listener like a heads up, like, hey, I'm going to talk about diet culture. Hey, this conversation might specifically be better for adult listeners while also offering a little bit of your own perspective. It still leaves room so that if a person was like sitting in front of you, they could jump in and participate in the conversation. So I really appreciate that part of it. Now, as far as you uh, not continuing this after your birthday, I do have some, uh, I'd like to file a complaint in that particular category. I would like to vote in favor of the continuation of this beyond your birthday. If you're open to it, I will continue listening. Well, and, and so to give, you know, people who may be listening who do not, um, you know, who are not privy to some of the things you're privy to as, as being a longtime friend of mine. I have always been an inquisitive person. And I do think that questions are an excellent means of reflection. And as a result, they are one of the great mediums for self-actualization, which as I mentioned is something I'm all about. And so even in the past year, I found, and it, it kind of started organically and then I started to formalize it and then I felt pressure. And that's why I kind of was like, you know what? Okay, let me do this in a way that is more true to me, but because I am still me, I do want other people to benefit from it as well. So over last year, I, uh, you know, 2020 was definitely the um, onset of all virtual everything, right? Hashtag all virtual everything. <laughs> and so I had a virtual birthday celebration and it wasn't formally planned, but it did just so happen that it was a group of women, uh, mostly black women, who were speaking freely and there were conversational prompts that led people to reflect. And in December, the winter solstice, and it was a particularly significant winter solstice, and I'll let you kind of talk about that a bit more because you put me up on game. <laughs> and, um, so in that, I knew that I wanted people to have an opportunity to respond to reflection prompts. And even in the time leading up to that, I was sending prompts so that people could 
kind of be prepared because when you think about any party or any social gathering, right? When you first get there, it's awkward and it takes you like a little while to really get comfortable. And so the good part doesn't come until like two hours in and then people have to leave and all this kind of stuff. So that's why I was trying to do, you know, the warm up. And people seem to really enjoy it. And I enjoyed it as well, though it, it was very taxing emotionally, um, mentally. Uh, I'm a very sensitive person and you can take that in you know, a lot of ways, right? Energetically. Uh, so afterward, I was getting all this positive feedback and people were like, oh, when are you gonna do it again? You should do it every month. And I was like, okay, definitely not doing that. <laughs> well, maybe we'll see what quarterly looks like. But, you know, once I kind of placed that expectation on myself, I did schedule one for the uh, vernal equinox, equinox. But again, just having that pressure on, it didn't feel the same. And the people who participated enjoyed it and I enjoyed it as well. But uh, when, you know, the... Uh, summer solstice was approaching, which also uh, is adjacent to my birthday. I thought, well, you know, it takes, it really does take a lot out of me to host spaces, even virtual spaces. I know people think it's easier, but uh, Keyshawn can attest to the fact that it is not easier. It might even be more challenging, honestly, because there's you also have to incorporate things to offset the fact that there isn't the physical energy, um, particularly the shared energy. Mm -hmm. So what I decided to do is honor myself, but I also did want to provide that catalyst for self-reflection. So thus the project was born. Um, every episode is less than 50, well, okay. The vast majority of episodes are less than 15 minutes. There might be one episode that's 16 minutes. Mm -hmm. um, and yes, it's basically me thinking aloud and then concluding with an invitation for the listener to ask themselves a question or a few based on what I was talking about. One of the other aspects of it that is helpful to me is that it really is forcing me to hone in on one concept, one idea at a time, which is not something that I naturally do. Uh, you know, Keyshawn and I, for example, this format, us recording this podcast is the only way to guarantee that we will only be in conversation for a set amount of time because we will naturally just ebb and flow into so many different topics that we will be on the phone for hours and hours and hours. Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. 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 Uh, it, it, absolutely. And you know, what's interesting is that I think the most recent episode that I listened to, you mentioned something about that intention of like, I'm going to kind of stay within this container or stay within this lane of this particular conversation or this particular concept or topic, because some would call it ADD, ADHD, some would call it creative mind, some would call it a dreamer's brain, whatever you want to call it. I think that when you are a feeling and thinking person, it's natural for all of these different concepts and ideas and things that you want to express to kind of come to you easily. And it's only when we need to format it and we need to present it to other people that we typically consider 
okay, let me make sure that I kind of finish this point. Let me make sure I complete this thought. Let me make sure that this idea is kind of imprinted. However, when it's inside of our minds, ain't no organizer in there. Ain't nobody filing things and putting people in barriers. It's just like a madhouse. And it's interesting because I was having, I was recording a, a podcast yesterday with a guest and um, it's just amazing conversation that I had with them. They actually have a cognitive diagnosis that speaks to the reasoning on a physiological level, why their mind operates in that way. And we talked about meditation and we talked about the micro doses of meditation that can kind of help bring you back to center without going into a whole sit down, turn off the lights, light the candle, burn the incense, bring, ring the bell and sit there for 30 minutes. Sometimes just the micro dose, just the like, Ooh, let me just come back. What was I talking about again? Let me, let me get back to my point. You know? So what I like is that while the episodes on the podcast are brief, they're they're just enough at the same time. You know what I mean? Because I can listen to one of your episodes in the shower and that also helps me to mind the time. Yes. Like, oh, four minutes, boom, here we go. Let's listen, <laughs> you know? And I'm in the shower so I can have my moment of reflection. Like, yes, what is, what is the meaning of life again? Or what was she talking about, you know? And so I agree that it's easy for us to kind of move in and out of different things when we're talking to each other. And I think now, like what you mentioned about being able to hold space virtually, being able to hold space in person, being able to hold space one-on-one, -on -one, whatever it is, there is an energetic exhaustion that can come from that, especially if you're not necessarily giving yourself the time to replenish that in between. You know, I was listening to something the other day and talking about this, the art of meeting, that there is actually like a method to creating a space where people feel safe, where people feel significant and where people are willing to kind of just surrender to the present experience and just be with that, that takes planning. So sometimes when someone has a really great experience, like a solstice, which only happens, you know, a couple of times a year, they're so embraced and engaged in it. They're like, I want more, I want more, I want more. You as the host or the facilitator is like, I'm so happy that you want more and I'm not giving it to you just yet. <laughs> I, I need to replenish. Yes. I need the time to... Hmm. Put myself back, you know, put myself back in a, in a place where I can feel like I have the, the energy or the capacity to really give and give and give. And it was interesting because I was thinking about the time that we're in now, you know, last year on your birthday, we had a virtual gathering this year. Now that we're, are we calling this post COVID? What, what, what are we calling this time? <laughs> it depends on who we're talking about, right? <laughs> So those of us who have not even an understanding of science, because I'm not a scientist, but I can read. <laughs> and in having read about past pandemics, epidemics, history, logic would dictate we're nowhere near the end. But the challenge with this particular circumstance is that unfortunately people stop talking about science and they start talking about politics and I think that's what's muddying everything up mm -hmm. 
And um, so to me, we are still very much knee deep <laughs> in the, you know, in the pandemic. Um, but I just knew that for my own reasons, like I'm doing uh, a different work assignment and that is demanding time and energy. Um, it also is such that I'm not going to be in a position to take time off. Um, even though I'm not entirely sure I'm comfortable with traveling anyway, I'm not in a position to take time off. So again, you know, there that kind of the recalibration that can come with travel won't be there either. Mm -hmm. But I made the conscious decision that I did not want to host a gathering. But again, just the way my personal values and heart is set up, I knew I still wanted to like give something, but in a way that would not deplete me. So that was also a catalyst for this exercise. Okay. Okay. I, I can appreciate that. I can appreciate that. And I mean, you're right. I feel like we could, I know we could have a deep dive conversation into politics versus science and feelings versus science and all the other elements that are kind of influencing the minds and actions of people right now. It's, it's interesting because, you know, my birthday is shortly after yours and I started getting the question, you know, shit, almost a month ago, people saying, what are you doing for your birthday? What are you doing for your birthday? And like, I saw you went to New Orleans, are you going to do something? And I'm like, I went to New Orleans for two reasons. One, because I needed to do something as a mom. And two, because I needed to do something as a mom. And it's really both of this. I really went for that. Now I got to have a little fun while I was there, but truth be told, my anxiety was on a thousand the entire time. And it was a much different experience than I've ever had traveling before from the time that I arrived at the air, from the time that I got into the Uber that drove me to the airport to the time that I got into the Uber coming home, there was a sense of anxiety the whole time that didn't feel, it didn't allow me to really experience it and celebrate and lean into it the way that I really would have liked to. So I can respect that. You know, it's like, yes, I want to celebrate. It's a big year for you. It's a big year for me. You know, it's like, okay, but, and also though COVID. <laughs> so... <laughs> as you were describing that I'm and mind you even before uh COVID I you know would kind of jokingly but in all seriousness say that I had strong germaphobe tendencies so and this has just magnified that but in a lot of ways it prepared me so I was already a very fastidious hand washer um and I always enjoyed my personal space you know, again, because of germs, but also because of my sensitivity uh, to energy and smells and sounds and all of that. So having kind of the world in agreement that, hey, let's keep our distance. Hey, let's give you the opportunity to make facial expressions without people being able to see them. Hey, <laughs> let's muffle your voice so that people cannot hear everything that might accidentally slip out of your mouth. So... <laughs> I've been a little spoiled in the past year, to be honest. <laughs> I was thinking about that the other day, like, ooh, I might have gotten a little too comfortable making facial expressions that people don't need to see. <laughs> exactly. Well, and I mean, and now that we're going, we're, we're, we're in the time where, you know, in California, 
June 15th, folks are literally having countdowns. In Vegas last week, they did a countdown like the ball was dropping on New Year's Eve for COVID to be over. New Orleans, while we were there, we're walking through the French Quarter and the, the, the text comes out that says, you know, you can take off your mask. Folks are throwing off masks like they're throwing out beads on Mardi Gras. So my other little joke about that is that people uh, threw up their masks like graduation caps. Exactly. <laughs> like graduation caps, like we made it. We graduated from COVID school. We did it. Like, uh. So again, we I know we can dive into that. I want to switch gears a little bit. And I have a couple more questions that I asked before. And I'm going to ask you again to give you a chance to respond. If you could reside anywhere in the world, where would you live and why? You know, I haven't been enough places to settle on a singular place, which is why at this point I would lean toward a nomadic lifestyle. And that's not to say like only a couple days here, a couple days there. It could be months, you know, or even like a year here, a year there. But I really would like the opportunity to experience much more of the world, especially so much of the way that our lifestyles are constructed do force us to stay put. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we, we try to travel for leisure, but there's so much that comes with that. The planning, the cost, especially <laughs> I remember when I first moved into like an apartment on my own, mm -hmm. Even then the thought of traveling, I was like, but I pay to sleep here every night of the month. So I'm supposed to also pay for hotel rooms. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> that is a, mm, that's a whole conversation because <laughs> trust me, the process of planning a trip, you're thinking where I live, I like, it's safe, it's clean, it's comfortable. Right, I I gave it the vibe I wanted. I gave it the vibe I wanted. I, I, you know, I set the tone energetically. I would like to go there to this other place to see things and to live and experience it. Now, you mean I have to pay potentially more than what I might pay for a whole month where I live to go there for like a week? <laughs> mm. Right. And the bills at home aren't going to stop. And bills at home aren't stopping. It's not like someone moves into my apartment while I travel and pays my rent and pays all my bills for me. Now, if that program exists, let me know. I'll sign up for it. And we can like, it's like Airbnb. Trade, maybe yeah. Airbnb-ish, kind of. Yeah, I guess in a sense, Airbnb, but you know. But even with that, and I mean, that's one of those things where I'm like, will that ever really make a comeback? Buffets, are they ever going to make a comeback? But um even like if you are doing the Airbnb thing and it's your primary living space, all of the physical and energetic preparation and recovery from having strangers in your home, like it, is it even worth it? No, it's not. I can tell you as a host, it's not. I hosted an Airbnb out of my actual home and no, it was not worth it financially. It was not worth it. Now, if I was going to be gone for like six months out of the year and I owned my home, it was mine. And I was Airbnb it for half the year. And then I would come home and have like 30 days to kind of reset and then live fully in it. That'd be a different story. But like every other weekend is what I was doing. And nah, it was not worth it. Not even a little bit. Right. It was not worth the additional income. Um, right. Not even a little bit. Speaking of I it, think Yeah. Oh, go well, ahead. I think. No, I want to hear your thought. You go ahead. You go ahead. Well, we might've been going in the same direction, which is highly likely. Um, 
But I think one of the other things about getting older, getting further into your life journey, whatever wording you like, is that you start to learn that there are a lot of things that may have more value than like money, money, like cash money. Uh, time has immense value. Peace of mind has immense value. Um, quality of life. It, it's not always something you can quantify in terms of dollars and cents. And when you're in your twenties and you just out here trying to get it in, or even in your thirties, and really there's a lot of super, super grown people who are still just out here trying to get it. And I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm just saying that no longer resonates with me. And I'm not sure it ever did. Like even, and I think I was thinking about this earlier. Well, one, I was thinking about like, oh, what are we going to wind up talking about? But I, I knew that our friendship would come up and our similarities would come up uh, as well. But I know sometimes, um, you know, of course, we're not the same person, right? So, so what, once in a y'all, to be fair, we do not always align. Once in a while, we may have disagreements. They're usually very cordial. Uh, <laughs> we will just respectfully agree to disagree. But I know one of my biggest um, challenges in this is one of the areas where sometimes we'll be like, you really think differently about this, okay? <laughs> right and that's okay <laughs> um but like the just the whole like you know my skills my abilities my gifts that I want to share with other people I'm still navigating just the overall let alone the specific concepts around like collecting money for them because it's like how do you charge for that and is it ethical to charge for that but these bills don't care how I feel. So, you know, so it's like all of those things. Um, and so that really just a lot of the reflection in general and just the honing in I've been doing, because not only am I turning 40, which a lot of people would assert is like a big deal birthday, but my birthday, like this may not be mathematically accurate, but this is a euphemism that I use a lot. But nine times out of 10, my birthday does fall during a Mercury retrograde. And I'm a Gemini. Gemini is ruled by Mercury. So I am, I feel it <laughs> when Mercury is in retrograde on many, many levels. And that also contributes to like the deep thinking that I tend to do in preparation for my birthdays. So but, you know, when Mercury goes into retrograde or Mercury in general has to do with like contracts and financial agreements and things like that. So um, as I'm kind of revisiting what my priorities are and just thinking about all those things, that's absolutely something I'm thinking about as well. And um, not just with my kind of five to nine stuff, right? But even with my nine to five, because even as you want to maintain the stability that comes with the job. And I, I do actually um, have a love for my career. I'm not a person who's like only working because I feel the need to, like I do get value out of what I do, but these bills <laughs> and these skills, I should be paid accordingly. So that's also something just kind of, I guess, one of the other themes of this year, not the calendar year, but my personal year is recognizing and taking ownership of my value as well. I, I hear that. I hear that. And when, when we think about, you know, these bills, 
if you woke up tomorrow morning with $100 million in your bank account, what is the first thing that you would do? Um, well, I'll, I'll put an asterisk. This is like 1A. <laughs> 1A <laughs> is making sure that it, it that it's mine and it's okay for me to spend it because we've heard about those stories. <laughs> Nigerian princes. Right. <laughs> or even, you know, the bank makes a mistake and then you, you take advantage of it. And by the time they realize their mistake, you're the criminal. Mm. Mm, bank error in your favor, like Monopoly, except not. Right. <laughs> so then 1B would be addressing all of my debt. Mm -hmm. um, and then 1C would be the, a very logical choice, which is uh, to invest in um, likely residential properties for rental purposes so that I'd have ongoing uh, income. And then I guess 1D would be starting Operation See More of the World. <laughs> I love Operation See More of the World. I love that. That's such an amazing answer. And the reason I ask everyone that question is because I think a lot of us, you know, especially those of us who are like tapped in, tuned in to this, you know, this spiritual shit that Oftentimes we can be perceived as people who don't care about wealth and don't care about material comforts. Like we've just risen above that. And while that may be available to certain people of a certain complexion to be able to have that privilege to just be hippies and fucking live off the earth or whatever, that's not reality for me, you know, and I think for a lot of, you know, people of color and for queer people of color in particular that do not have as much equity as we really deserve and should have. So the idea of being able to just level up overnight financially, I'm all for that. I'm with that. And what's great is whenever I ask people that question, every single guest has a unique answer and it's all within the same thread of, handle what I need to handle from my past and set yeah. myself up for a future that's free and whatever specific methods, you know, are going to be needed to get me there. So as we move into the closing of our conversation, we are going to play my little complete the sentence game. So I'm going to give you some sentence prompts and <laughs> they're going to be fun. I promise they're not going to be complicated. There's really only like two of them. Um, I want you to answer, I mean, give me, you know, fill in, fill in the blank. So the first one is I am happiest when. Ooh. Ooh. When I'm well rested, well fed and um, feeling peaceful. Mm. I know I'm fed up when. <laughs> mm. when I'd rather not even try to address it mm. because nine times out of ten I'm gonna try to fix it I'm gonna try to word it into oblivion but if it's beyond that yeah man <laughs> Game <over>. Yes. <laughs> I want to be known for my hmm. 
that's a work in progress, actually. Um, today's answer. <laughs> um, ability to teach. Mm. And spirituality is? How you navigate and interact. Okay. Last thing we're going to do, well, the second to the last thing, because there's always something fun at the end, is that we're going to get into a time machine for a moment. And we're going to travel back. Mm -hmm. And when you step out of the time machine, the first person you see is your 16-year-old self. What do you say? None of this is even going to matter. Mm -hmm. So we're going to step back into the time machine and we're going to go all the way forward. We don't know how far forward to the end. What do you want to be remembered for? Having taught people how to... having taught people how to be themselves, their best selves, mm. whatever that means for them. I love that. I love that. And last but not least, I'm going to pull a card from my favorite. Well, that's not the, but this is the deck here. I'm going to pull a card <laughs> from one of my favorite decks that I use for the podcast. I'm going to ask you to pick a number between one and 52. Let's go here with 40. Let's go ahead with 40. Hey, and I'm also going to pull the five because today is the fifth. So that's fun. 40. I'm so excited that you're going, that you're joining the club. It's really great. And I'll just let you know, it's really great in the 40 plus club. I've never shied away from aging and I never rushed it either. Like when I and my friends were trying to like jump ahead or, or even tell people they were a different age. I wasn't on that wave. Right. I'm proud to be turning 40. I've earned every day and every gray, you know, so. Girl, yeah. I'm with that. All right. So the card for 40 is jackpot. The message is, do you see dollar signs? <laughs> They're circling around you like a veritable cyclone. Everything in your aura is pointing to material gain. Do you want to manifest a new house, more love, a better job, a new life? maybe a bigger pocket, maybe Gucci, whatever, bingo, might be wise to make some room for that now. Look at that. $900 million, you know what I'm saying? Like we ready for all of that, all of that, bring it all here. And for today, June 5th, the message is baby steps, card number five. Baby steps says everything is baby powder fresh right now. It's new, it's exciting. And of course, you're not quite sure how it's all going to work out, but go ahead and take the first step. Okay, I will receive both of those. That 41 is a trip given what we've been talking about too. Yeah. I'm here for that. I'm here for that. Yes, I'm here for all of that. Well, my friend, 
as always, it is such a pleasure to be able to spend time with you. And so I just appreciate you for making the time to, you know, pay this little podcast a visit. And for those who are interested in connecting with you, can you tell us a little bit more about where they can hear your podcast and how they can find you? So here is what I will do. I will declare today that I will get my website going because I have the domain. I just need to like put the links up. <laughs> um, so, you know what I'm saying? One step exactly. So uh, by the time this airs, you will be able to go to Alexandra, no I, A-L-E-X-A-N-D-R-A-N-O-I.com. And there you will be able to figure out what you need to figure out in terms of how you want to, <laughs> if you want to listen to me, if you want to read me, uh, I don't use social media, sorry. <laughs> um, well, do you tweet? Are you tweeting? Twitting? No, no social. No, no, no. And and I what's what people who meet me today would possibly never like know is that I was an early adopter on Twitter. I used to be a tweeting son of a gun, <laughs> and then you know one day I was just like, you know what? Because you give a lot and you don't necessarily get it back, and then you as a creative, you also are giving a lot away in that regard and it's not being captured in your work. So that was a big part of that reasoning too. Understood, understood. And then if people wanna to listen to your podcast now, where can they find it? Well, the goal is for there to be a link on uh, the website. Okay. But if I didn't do my homework, one, figure out how to email me and say, shame on you. <laughs> no, <don't. laughs> that'll get me fed up but <laughs> but um uh i guess the central location is anchor.fm slash alexandra no i and then you can figure out which um which means is the best for you currently you can listen through anchor google podcast spotify there's a few others um, if your platform of choice is not there, you can also grab the RSS from there and paste it into your app of choice. Yay. Awesome. So yes, I'll be listening. So wait, how many more episodes, how many more days do we have? But we are going to keep going after, you, after your birthday, right? Maybe. Ah. If I do, okay. it will not be a daily format at all. <laughs> um, <laughs> It might even be a different format altogether um, to be determined. To be determined. All right. You better listen now is what she's saying. Better listen now. <laughs> Get it in while you can. All right, friends. Awesome. I love you. Thank you so much for your contribution, mm. for your presence. And we'll be celebrating your birthday coming up soon, girl. <laughs> Absolutely. Same, same. Oh, same, same. Okay. I'll talk to you later. Peace. All right. Bye.